Uh, you are listening to the Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. I'm your host, Ben Rose. And it is... What is it, Tuesday? Yeah, it's Tuesday. Tuesday uh, the 20th. Yeah. And joined, joining me here in the studio, uh, yeah, I, I swear he actually went home. Right. <laughs> I swear that he actually went home. Uh, is uh, is Scott Lambert? Hi, hi. I like. I we had so much fun last week, and I missed you guys so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to come back again this week. Yeah, I couldn't help myself. Um, so thanks for everybody in the studio here. Yeah, we're thank all, you. We're all waving and doing air hugs. Air hugs, everybody. Air yeah, hugs. air hugs. Air hugs. Um, I'm okay with air hugs. But thanks for having me back. You're welcome. I'm glad we can make this work. For sure. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. You know, and it, it's you had messaged me earlier, and uh, uh-huh. you said, hey, if you, you know, ever need somebody to come in and shoot yeah. shit. And I was like, well, you know what? <laughs> I actually <laughs> do. Here we sit. Because <laughs> you also host a couple of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of a, I mean, not quite as awesome as this i have to say this is kind of intimidating to walk into an empire like this right uh but i've been kind of doing it on and off about the last 18 years now Mm -hmm. you know i I mean more of a hobby basis you know know, when you do something for any amount of time yeah you know things kind of pop up you so you 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 have a lot of fun stuff's happened over the years but right you know always kind of kept it underground grassroots the whole diy thing which i i'm i'm a big fan i really appreciate the the DIY uh, aspect yeah. of of podcasting, and with this, we're taking that that whole um, whole thing to like the next level. Yeah, you know, it's impressive. It really is. Thank you. You know, people can still come in here and do their podcast. You know, yeah, yeah. it's just we're cranking it up. You know, to eleven. Mm-hmm. A little Spinal Tap uh, <laughs> reference. Uh, yeah. Well, there's something to be said, I think, about. Um, a studio environment. Mm-hmm. I know the stuff we've done over the years, we've built up these little home studios. Mm-hmm. And I know starting out, like when we were young, mm-hmm. like back in like 1827 or whatever year it was, <laughs> we um, <laughs> there's so many hilarious things we did like in the early days before. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess if you can, if you want to get into that, um, what we call just internet radio. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to do a show, but it's not going to be on terrestrial radio. It's going to be on the internet. Right. Um, and, you know, back in, like, 2000, 2001, I mean, you had to do that. Like, you had to build a server. There was a lot of stuff you had to build oh. in the ground up. It was oh, it was yeah. no joke, man. It right. was hard. And then there was, like, a service. I think it was at Live 365 came yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And that allowed you to, to be able to get out to a certain amount of people. I think they, they limited uh, to, like, what, a few hundred or yeah, something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. But and if you wanted a little bit more than that, you had to pay. Mm-hmm. And then still you were limited. Mm-hmm. Uh which I, I, I it was a, it was a cool concept and I remember looking into it uh, sometime around uh, 2000 2001 mm-hmm. and you know I had I had I've always wanted to be in radio and I always got in I got into other things with mm-hmm. college for other things I got into radio radio a little bit late yeah but that was my first venture into it I was mm-hmm. trying to get get something going with that yeah and yeah. Uh, it, it was. They didn't make it easy. Like yeah. it wasn't even if you even with the service that provided it for you, it was still it was like you know, sure they say well if you have a microphone and you can play some music files, 
or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then they're like, well, you know, you, you, you can't just play any music file. Well, that's the, that's the you know, the, yeah. uh, the, the, the initial appearance has always been like, well, here, you can do this. It'll be totally easy. Right. And then, you, and of course, when you get into the thick of it, that's when, oh, well, by the, oh, gotcha, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. I know starting out with Ghostly Talk, the one show we mm-hmm. do, um, shameless plug, <laughs> ghostlytalk.com, yay. Um, that's fine. Yeah. We started that, and just going back to the, I think those really early days, um, there was so many, we had all the, we, me and the other uh, host, the other host, Doug, who I worked with back in those days, um, we had, we both loved talk radio. We just adored talk radio. Yeah. We, we both listened to, you know, our big thing back then was uh, the Art Bell show. Oh, yeah. Because okay. Ghostly Talk is more of a paranormal-based show. Right. Um, and we used to just, me and my friend Doug would just go out into, he had this beat-up old escort, I remember. And we would just drive around all night. Yeah. Um, and just listen to Art Bell. Right. That's just something we did. And then we would gab. Right. And we would gab some more. We'd gab till 6 o'clock in the morning with the sun to be coming up. We'd still be gabbing. And that's right? how a talk show happens. Yeah, yeah, right. totally. Because that's essentially what it is. Yeah, totally. You know, uh, I've always felt that uh, the thing about, like, talk radio and, or interviewing is that if, if I'm going through, like, a list of questions, like, and this is not a list of questions, <laughs> but if it were, uh, it's still. That's the fine point, too. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, well, no. <laughs> This is actually a printout from uh, from Newswire because I have Ooh. some Rob, Rob Halford stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, well, we're gonna put a pin in that one. Uh, you know, going through a list of questions mm-hmm. that to me, nobody really wants to listen to a stock questions. That's like like going to a job interview. No, it, it, you know, it, you, what you really want is a conversation. Mm-hmm. So if and in a two hour show, if I get a half hour of a great com- great interview mm-hmm. in. Mixed into a conversation, mm-hmm. I to me that's a success. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, I mean, my favorite broadcasters, you know, from growing up, yeah. um, going through college, even back in high school, yeah. were those broadcasters. And I don't know if we talked about it last week here. Uh, I think we talked about some broadcasters, like you know, sp- I mean, I'm not a sports guy. Right, right? neither am I. Yeah, I think I met, this may have been mentioned last week yeah. when we had the band here. Yeah. Um, but my favorite broadcasters, I mean, I, there's been some broadcasters I've listened to where yeah. they would have some sports mixed in with, you know, regular talk. Yeah. They get to the sports thing, and it's like, well, I could tune out, but I would still listen because this these people are that good. Right. They can deliver stuff that I'm not even interested in and still be interested in hearing about it. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, I know it's kind of weird sounding, but I mean, that's just a great delivery person who can just... I, I hate to use the term sell something to right. you, but they're talking to you and you're still interested about something you may not even be interested in. Right. Know, it's weird. Look, I, I have a friend that, uh, he's, he's a local artist. I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Nixon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was saying uh, one time that he would listen to the actor Ian McShane read the phone book. I don't know if you're familiar with Ian McShane. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's like because he has a voice uh-huh. like that. And it's yeah. like, yeah, all right. I mean, I, if I was going to choose so, you know, someone to narrate my, my, my life, I would go with Ian McShane over oh, um, Morgan Freeman because yeah. I think it would be more entertaining. Uh, Alan Ford, who was uh, – Oh, man. That would be even Ford. better. Alan Ford Alan is amazing. <laughs> Bricktop from yeah, uh, yeah. Um, well, just that Snatch. Grab, yeah, that gravelly accent's beautiful. Yeah. You know, one of the guys that I absolutely adore, and, he, you know, he doesn't do radio, mm-hmm. Michael Madsen, you know, speaking yeah. of actors. Uh, he's, all, he's done a lot of poetry reading. He, like, writes yes, poetry. Yes, And I just – he's another guy. I've loved his voice for so many years. Just yeah. another gravelly mm-hmm. – Rough, but it's got that beautiful timber, like you know Johnny Cash, Deaf American recordings, like era, you know, right? Like that yeah, really perfect. bad timber. It's cool, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, man, there's so many. Um, 
Yeah, we can do a whole show well, about, do, yeah. about, 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 about actors' Just listening voices. to people talk. Yeah. There's something, and some, there's, there's something about that yeah. that, you know, per this conversation, it's something I think it's put the hook in both of yeah. us since we were young. Yeah. Just listening to a person, and I mean, the older I get, and, you know, God, I mean, I'm, I guess this is showing my age, because... Just like the last five or six years, I love listening to like AM radio, right? I know, yeah. I know, you know, terrestrial radio bad, which I still like to listen to that. I like to listen to the news on AM radio. There's just something great about it. I don't know. Nine, uh, 950. 950. <laughs> Marty, Buf- Marty Buffalini? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, his daughter is a co host here. Just, oh, you're kidding me! Close. Yeah, oh, you're kidding me! And uh, wow. both uh, small world. Huh? And her and her sons are his sons been on the show. Marty yeah. Marty Buffalini the third. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, just, just listening to the spoken word. Yeah, um, there's just it's like listening to music. Yeah, it really is for me. Oh yeah, and I agree. some people do it better than others. Yeah, uh, some people are just incredible. You know, right. like and like I said, I mentioned one of my personal favorites is Michael Madsen. I just, yeah, I love that guy. I can listen to him all the time. Right. So yeah, I mean, there's just there's something addicting about that, and I know it's something that put the hook in me when I was younger, and that's kind of put what put me on my path. You know, be uh, for better or for worse. Uh, and, yeah. and doing, I guess, what you'd call, you know, internet radio, DIY yeah. radio, yeah. podcasting. There's so many names for it now. Right. Uh, blogcasting is that a name? Too? Yeah, blog yeah, blog, blog, yeah. And then there's vlogging, which blogging, is yeah, blogging. which is basically YouTube. Mm. But um, on that same note, as far as voice, it's Sam Elliott. Oh God! Oh man! Yeah, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. <laughs> One of the greatest <laughs> movies ever made. <laughs> the double douche. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit that line. The double douche. It's like. Yeah. I was just talking to someone about that movie. Not to fly us into the weeds, but man. You, know, you know what? Roadhouse. That we can, I can talk about Roadhouse for two hours. Patrick Swayze in his prime. Yeah, one of the greatest. I think some of the greatest film I've ever seen is like because he was staying in that, in in the like the roof of that barn. Yeah, the loft of that the barn. Loft yeah. Of the barn, yeah. And he like gets the chick up there. You know, like he does every movie. He always gets the chick, right? Right. But except, well, except for one. Which one? It was Tu Wong Fu. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, where he played a drag queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, okay. Because he was the chick. Because he was the chick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's just that scene where he gets the chick home, or back to the barn yeah. or whatever, and you know you cut away for a few hours, yeah. you know, and then the music plays, and then you come back, and there's the chick laying there with her eyes crossed on the bed, basically, and uh, and the camera comes up to Patrick Swayze and the beautiful sun rising. Yeah. Doing like Tai Chi or like 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 yoga and yeah. you know and stuff like and it's like I can watch that in loop or just like just that like thirty second thing man yeah it's like yeah that's that's, 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 that's Swayze, Swayze being Swayze that's Swayze being Swayze any of us the rest of us would still be passed out dead to the world till about noon right but Swayze was up at like five o'clock in the morning doing Tai doing, Chi and yeah, shit, doing yeah. his yoga man in the right. sun it's, but it's it's like one of those things you can expect you can expect yeah. in, in a in a in a movie with Patrick Swayze just like you can expect Stephen Skull to break somebody's arm for yeah. no reason yeah. at all yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's what they were good at, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, rest in peace. Uh, yeah, Patrick Swayze passed away. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. We have so many people passing away now. It seems like, I think, and I think that is a direct relation to social media. This news comes at us so fast now. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, I know, just ten years ago, if somebody passed away, it would be one of those things where a couple years later, after they passed away, mm-hmm. you'd. Uh, You'd be like, what? That person passed away? Mm-hmm. You just get some weird thing. But now it's like it hits the Facebooks and the Twitters and all these yeah. things. And we're all putting up our pictures and our dedications, and, you know. And, and sometimes it's like they're not even dead yet. No, they're not. Yeah. Like, uh, well, Tom Petty wasn't dead. Right. Well, and, uh, well, uh, Sylvester Stallone just had to come out and say that a he's hoax. still alive. A hoax. 
Yeah, yeah. Chuck Bisting, every, like they say, like I think it's like every five years it's yeah. been happening now. Like the last like. Yeah. Couple of cycles, I guess. Chuck Biscuits, you know, the legendary yeah. drummer, you know, yeah. Danzig and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, social distortion. Yeah. Uh, there's been a hoax with him a couple of times. Yeah. And he's like, I got, I'm very much alive, guys. I'm fine. Mm. Can you update the Wikipedia play, page, please, and say he, that I'm not dead? Right. You know? Yeah. He Didn't he play with Black Flag, too? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, so he's been in a million bands. Yeah, this, this is true. But, um,. The, the the hoaxes, like even Mark Hamill got himself into and accidentally saying that you know, he made a tweet. Yeah. And it sounded like he was saying, like it was like somebody was saying that he was he was dying or dead. And he's yeah. like, wait, no, no, I'm yeah. still alive. Uh, that's that's sad. That is yeah. a sad output of this. And I, there are people out there, I think, that just you know have fun doing that. Right. These. And that's just I, like anything, like any type of stuff that you can do and make go mm-hmm. viral on the mm-hmm. Internet. It's just somebody going. Let me see if I can do this. Right. Well, no, you know, I agree. To gain from it except for an ego boost. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but you know, but you do have some people like um, I, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty sure Keith Richards died years ago. He just doesn't know it yet. And, yeah. You know, drugs. I saw um, that documentary recently, uh, Under the Influence. Yeah. With him, that was a while back, and man, that's it's so cool to watch. I mean, it's like you, they show his home. Yeah. And like. His room is just nothing but records everywhere. Yeah. And ashtrays and bottles of booze. And he just sits there and that they just show him in his natural environment. Yeah. Cigarette burning in the ashtray, glass of whiskey, and him playing some some Muddy Waters record, you know, what some which is his favorite stuff basically. Right. So, it's, uh, yeah, really cool to watch. He's like one of those people like if he stopped drinking now, it probably it would, would kill, kill him. him. Yeah. It would kill him. Yeah. There yeah. are people that that's a very real thing. That yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I mean, I mean I, I I don't know if my theory is ever going to be right on this. It probably isn't. Uh, but you know, Lemmy. Yeah. You know, oh, oh I was about, that's where I was going. The guy that, yeah. lived in a bottle. You know. I yeah. mean, and he did it. He did it like a gentleman, which is why you know I think the world still loves that guy and we still miss him. Yeah. But the last couple of years of his life, I mean, he obviously got sick. But I watched like, a couple of his like the last couple of interviews he did. Yeah. And he was cutting back. Oh. Cutting back. Right. And he, well, I mean, you're, the same guy. you gotta look at it's stuff like with Ozzy and cutting back on the drugs. It's so, and then he had to start. He had to start getting high again mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, he was better off a little bit high. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, some people just operate in that. They get themselves to that point. I think mm-hmm. some people. They, I don't even want to call it a dependency, but they get themselves to a point where they even they know mentally that they operate better. Just you know, with their what I call their personality enhanced a little bit. Yeah. You know. Um, some people know that that's like that's the character. I mean, I've heard people, comedians, yeah. do that a lot, where they they go, you know what, I'm no good, yeah. sober, about right. five beers, then I can do my act. I can't, right. and I've heard that from a lot of comedians. So, oh, I agree. You know, yeah. does it mean they're an alcoholic? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But that's some people just operate better that functional way. Functional alcoholic, maybe. Functional alcoholic. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of well. Lemmy is involved with this, mm-hmm. but uh, as I was saying earlier, this little bit from the newswire here, yeah. fancy because it's no longer on little tickers. It comes out, comes to us from the internet, and it is Rob, Rob Judas Priest frontman Rob Halford. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he says he's absolutely convinced that rock and roll will never die. No shit, eh? Oh, thanks, Rob. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, we well, it's didn't good to know. hear that. It's good to hear that from the guy, one of the guys, though. Right. So that's good. It is very good. And, uh, and he said it's uh, because of the turmoil going on in the world is the reason. And you know what? It's it's like uh, 
during the last election when 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 the the, the results of the election were uh, finally this is what's happening it's like you can hear like a million punk bands just starting you know oh you know it's <laughs> it's just like like some shitty you know it's like like in the 80s you know it's like yeah 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 so uh, I'm sure we'll – well, I think I have seen a few um, Reagan-esque uh, style show posters, but of Trump. Trump, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, in a recent interview, Halford was asked if he agreed with late Motorhead singer bassist Lemmy, who questioned the future of rock music. Halford disagrees, saying that there will always be rock and roll bands of some nature because bands will always push back against what is going on around them. He said that is as true as it ever was. Yeah, yeah. There's no arguments there. I don't think um, rock and roll in all of its forms, because, I mean, rock and roll means so much to me now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it means, like, all the way just to the trash can of just, you know, experimental noise. I mean, whatever it might be, you know. Uh, I think it's just part of who we are. Whether, oh, yeah. Even if you don't like rock and roll, right? there's going to be a song that you're going to hear that was influenced by and rock that and roll. Ha- that, that was influenced by rock and roll or could very well be rock and roll. Right. There's some, I mean, I don't understand that narrow-mindedness anyways from right. people. I don't like, I, somebody says I don't like rock and roll, you know, that'd be me, like me saying I don't, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I lean more towards the rock side of things. Right. Um, but I've heard people like, oh, I, oh, I'm rock and roll, man. I don't listen to any rap or any of that or, or country or anything like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, well, you know. That all comes from somewhere. It all kind of mm-hmm. came from the same root here. It just kind of blossomed in a different direction. It's oh, I like, agree. You know, it may not be your thing, but at least appreciate it for the art that it is. Well, there's I agree. A lot of stuff. I don't. I mean, I I'm agree. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a ton of things. Like I can say, like um, I was saying on Thursday about my feelings on Rush. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. care for Getty Lee's voice, mm-hmm. but I can appreciate them musically. I think musically, I think yeah, they're yeah. amazing. You can't touch that band. Yeah. They're no, I mean, you can't. I mean, you have, uh, it's just this this perfect trio, you know, but, you know, that's just my opinion. And that's what, it's a common thing, I mean, if you just, on the rush front. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of people, I mean, I love watching, there's a handful of great documentaries on rush, some very tear-jerking, honestly. Yeah. Um, but that was, you know, you listen to all these people, all mm-hmm. these old bands they played with back in the day, and they all kind of said, they're like, guy had the highest voice I ever heard. You know, and some some people were kind of like I was. I've heard people like I was off put by mm-hmm. that, and some people still are put off by that, yeah. uh, and that's okay. That's yeah. that's rush, right? You know, then go listen to Motorhead. I guess <laughs> the polar opposite of I mean, music, honestly, you know? <laughs> Motorhead is was incredibly influential to me. Okay, yeah, you know? but you know, with when it with as far as like these is bands that. Um, like, like, yeah, Skeddy Lee's voice does like it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. <laughs> it is, it really is. Yeah, you know, uh, there's there, there's so much out there, and people like so many different subgenres of things. Mm-hmm. Like you know, th- I mean, th- there's a name for a type of music as some kid farting in a bucket. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there is. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's it's garbage. Uh, I mean, no, it's it's it's, it's well, you can call it experimental or there's um, performance art. Well, um, going going on that, and I I mentioned something like a, a second ago called experimental noise. Yeah. Um, there's this documentary. It's pretty old now. It's yeah. from, probably from the late 2000s or that. Yeah. You call it, you know, um, called "People Who Do Noise." Yeah. And it's about yeah, the I'm port- familiar with it. Yeah. Have you heard? Yeah. It, the port. It's about the Portland noise scene, mm-hmm. and it, it's super interesting to me because it's just it's just these of vignettes. Course it's of, Portland. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just these vignettes of all these different people that are yeah. creating 
what most people would consider noise, but in different forms, right? right? People just basically taking, you know, a boss distortion pedal and then running it through a PA and yeah. just running in a circle as fast as they can and jumping up and down like a maniac. Man, I tell you what, the amount of things you can do with a distortion pedal oh, God, and yeah. just, yeah, oh, I mean, I, as a guy that builds pedals, I've mm. done some messed yeah, up Yeah, you stuff. said that, yes, yeah, yeah, so you I know built, it. Yeah. I built this fuzz pedal I called Cast Corridor because it was, it was dirty <laughs> enough where you need a hepatitis <laughs> shot afterwards. You, I mean, Not anymore. Cast Corridor don't look uh, like that anymore. Have you been down there recently? I have. It's, it, wow. you know, I, I just, I, I just, just a, just a couple years ago, moved out of the city. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I lived. Yeah, so you've seen it. Yo, know, I you have saw seen it come it. up. I did. I'd be. Yeah. I was able to look out my, uh, uh, out my bedroom window and see mm-hmm. uh, the beginnings of uh, the Little Caesars Arena. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, it was like, I, all right. I don't know if you remember the Brewster Projects. It was just mm-hmm. off. Yeah, I, I, was, I was. I went to school. I went to school at Wayne State. So. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was able to look out my window and see that when that, those fell. You wow. know, when they, when they, when you know, imploded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, it was crazy. Uh, we, we, we're going to take a quick break, but right. we're uh, the, our main topic for the, for tonight's show is emotional responses from music, All which right. is kind of. We just bounced everywhere here. In the yeah, we did. We minutes, did because we? we are. But if, if that's you a, really think about it, yeah, well, I'm totally glad you mentioned yeah. that. You you said that earlier. Yeah, we were talking, and I was yeah. like, whoa, great topic. But all right, we'll pick up on this because I can. Because yeah. if I start start going, it's gonna go. How do you feel about ministry? I am not a huge fan of ministry. Really? No. I I'm not the biggest ministry fan, but no. Jesus built my hot rod. Killer song. It is. But, and that just goes back to what I mean. That same kind of idea, though, too. Like. I don't, I'm not, I, I don't, I haven't, let's just say I haven't, like, digested the the, yeah. the, 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 the discography yeah. like a lot of my friends have. Like, dude, are you crazy? You don't like ministry? No, I, but, like, that song, wow. That's right. a burner, man. That's it is. That rips. It is, with, uh, with Gibby Haynes from uh, Butthole Surfers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it, fun. It is fun. Great song, great song. I, I, honestly, I'm not, a, I'm not a ministry fan, but yeah. I think it it just might be one of, like, the, one of the, the best, just like really loud, noisy rock and roll songs. Oh, it's abrasive. It's so obnoxious, but it's rock and roll too. It is pure rock and roll. It is pure rock and roll. But we're so we're gonna actually go to a, go to our little first break here with Ministry. Jesus built my hot rod and follow yeah. up with some Motorhead. Oh man! Hell yeah! Iron Headphones f- are staying on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, and if you would like to call in and contribute to uh, emotional responses to music here in Motor City Jew Joint. You can you can you can call 844-999-9249. That's 844-999-9249. Or you can message on the on the Motor City Juke Joint Facebook page, or you can tweet. Uh, Motor uh, it's uh, Motor City Juke. If you want to send an Instagram picture, you can do Motor City Juke. Uh, yeah, all of the above. You can send pictures if you want to. We're cool with that. Uh, oh I, boy, I wasn't going there. Yeah. I'm glad I don't have a laptop in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a moment one more, with more Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. Soon I discovered this rock thing was true. Jerry Lee Lewis was the devil. Jesus was an architect previous to his career as a prophet. All of a sudden, I found myself in love with the girl, so there was only one thing that I could do. It was ding-a-ding.
Yeah. <laughs> you listen to Mortar City Juju on a new radio media. That was the Carburetors with Rock and Roll Forever. Because that's what Rob Helford just said, right? Well, what Rob Helford says, we have to go by. That's right. They talked about that, or he talked about that a couple of years ago. I read an article with Rob Halford, and he was being interviewed, and they said, you know, are you cool with the whole term metal god? And he's like, well, yeah, I'm really cool with the whole term metal god. He's like, he's actually thought about trademarking that because I've been called that so much. He's like, I figured I maybe just should just trademark that and just kind of make it official. I don't think he ever really did. I think no. it's more of a tongue-in-cheek thing. But, I mean, yeah, he's one of those guys that, what he says kind of goes. <laughs> right. Rob Halford's demand, dude. I don't know what else to say about the guy. There's, you can't really debate about Rob Halford. It's, it, right. You can have great conversations, I think, and but really the conversation, to me at least, just keeps coming down to how awesome the guy is. Right. And how awesome Judas Priest is. And, and it's like, okay, so when he came out of the closet, and, and like, like, how was anybody surprised by that? But still, you know, there are some people that got upset, but then and it's, re- <laughs> it's really, why? Why? Why do you give a shit? In regards to that, the smartest thing I heard when that whole thing happened, I mean, I remember when that whole thing happened, that was a pretty big deal. Like, people were pretty freaked out about that. Um, And like you just said, I watched an interview with Scott Ian from Anthrax, and they said, so what do you think about the whole thing with Rob Halford coming out, right? And he said, well, you know, Scott Ian I'm talking about. He said, well, let's think about a metal concert here for a second. Yeah. Couple thousand guys. The majority of them don't even have their shirts on. Yep. Big pile of sweaty men. Yep. He's like, I think metal and you know being gay kind of just go hand in hand, honestly. Right. Well, <laughs> of course I die. I mean, it was funny, but it's like, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It's it's totally cool. So I don't know. Yeah. You, you got something? To, you got something? Oh, to... What's up? Well. Oh, oh yeah. that leather! Oh, yeah. oh, and the hat, the hat. I mean, but he, when you're like a when you're like a nine year old kid, like I was, like freaking out, going, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" I mean, I just thought like leather, bikes, Harley yeah. Davidson. Yeah, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh wait, no, Rob Halford was leather daddy. Yeah, <laughs> he worked that right in brilliantly, slid it right under everybody's nose until the day came where he said, "Okay, I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag here." I guess. I mean, right. I, I mean, speaking of genius. <laughs> right, but I mean, you can't not love the guy. I mean, he's right. I mean, the guy. All he has to do is just sing. You know, there's a reason that Halford. I, I, like I said, it's it's kind of a hard thing to talk about because he's he, great. He has such a, a range, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, it's it's yeah, he's just amazing. One of the things when I was very young, and I remember seeing like you know, you got another thing coming that video. Yeah. Being a young kid and not, I mean, all my idea of rock back then was guys with long hair and guitars and leather yeah, and just playing this awesome music that I was just beginning to really just fall in love with, right? And I remember seeing Judas Priest um, on that video on MTV, when MTV played music, and um, (laughs) I thought, this is such a goofy thing, but it's so funny, Um, I'm like, well, the singer's got short hair. Yeah. The all the rest of the band has long hair, but the singer has short hair. So maybe this is like a nine, eight, nine year old brain working. I'm taking yeah. you inside of an eight or nine year old brain. Um, I thought that Rob Halford was the dad, and the rest <laughs> of the guys in the band were his kids. And I thought like maybe dad was the leader of the band and like yeah. the Partridge family or something. I don't know. Uh, right. 
And I just thought that was like how it worked. And then I, you know, of course, I found out a couple of years later that I was totally wrong on that. Rob Halford was the metal god, right? Well, along with the rest of those guys. Well, right. Mm-hmm. But you know that that's I mean, Rob Halford wasn't the only guy that came out and was it was well. Rob came out and wasn't I don't think was as shocking. But uh, do you remember the band, the punk band or hardcore punk band, uh, Millions of Dead Cops? Oh yeah. But Dave Dichter, the mm-hmm. singer. I mean, he was he came out and it was like. All these skinheads that were into into millions of dead cops were just like, <gasps> what? <Yeah. laughs> Which is another thing. The whole like the whole skinhead thing. Yeah. There that that's just like that same level of just. There's just there there. Sorry guys, you know. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. There's something. There's something going on. You know. Well, you, you might want to. You might hate on it, but you you are it. Um, yeah. Well. Bunch of sweaty dudes just being dudes. Well, that well that whole thing. You know, when, <laughs> if you're drawing that line, I mean, yeah. I totally get that because, again, I mean, I understand. You know, and there's always going to be a very masculine element to, when it comes to rock and roll and metal mm-hmm. and things like that. It's a masculine thing, right? Um, but, like, I just I just pointed out the, the Scott Ian example, which yeah. I think I kind of use that as my basis now. I mean, get used to it, guys. You know, you can only be homophobic for so long, right? right? It, it, there's just there's no room for it anymore. You right. know, I'm not going to get on a soapbox and preach. No, but no. I mean, uh, th- th- this there's is. There's so many people that listen to heavy music and rock. I mean, God, I mean, I just watched an, uh, finally watched a documentary on the band Pansy Division a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah. documentary. I yeah. mean, and those guys really were one of those lightning rods for the gay movement. And they're like, you know, we play punk rock. We're, you know, we do that. Yeah. And I love that band. Right. So when Green Day was, you know, I mean, I, I'm a huge Green Day fan still. I think those guys were phenomenal. Um, when they played at Cobo Arena, when Green Day just went boom and exploded yeah. overnight, they played at uh, Cobo Arena. We went to that show, and Pan- they brought Pansy Division on the road with them. They put those guys on the road. Yeah. So I, we got to see them. That's when I first saw Pansy Division. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these guys rip. Of course, the crowd, <laughs> they weren't too into them, but they walked up on the stage and were like, hi, hi, how are you guys? Right. And I'm like, dude, these guys rip. They're amazing. Like, like Have you have you heard um, there's, a, there's a, a gay black flag tribute band? That it sounds like Rob Schneider from the B-52s singing Black Flag. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I mean, it, musically, it sounds exactly like Black Flag. Yeah, yeah. But it is, you know, they're singing, yeah. and, it, and, and it's great. And they, they turn the lyrics just a little bit. Yeah. And it, it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what it comes down to is just yeah. simply that. I mean, this stuff's for, I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but, you know, especially rock and roll. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think music in general is for everyone. You mm-hmm. know, if you want to, you know, section things off and say, well, this is, you know, it isn't like that anymore, I don't think, but I think still, I hear people talk like this, like, mm-hmm. you know, it has to sound this way, or it's not this, or it has to sound this way, or mm-hmm. it's not this. So, heavy metal, whatever that term means now, it's for everybody. It's, you know, and again, I'm not trying to preach, but I don't, I don't see the logic in any of that. I just don't understand that, like, why, especially in 2018, right. it's kind of like, I twitch a little bit, like, mm-hmm. wait, you're, they still make you? Yeah. Well, you, well, well, you know, get just like Kiss said, rock and God gave rock and roll to you. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, right. So it should be fun for everybody, and it I mean, should be. You know, and that's the thing about, especially like with metal shows and punk shows, and I've been to more than I can count. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I I, I don't know if we talked about this. No, I think I I, I remember this specifically. I went to a show um, in London, Ontario, a couple of years ago with a friend of mine. We spent the night there, and it's a couple hours away from here, and. Um, we went to the London Music Hall to see a band called Bolt Thrower. 
Yeah, okay, and, I know and, who they are. Yeah. I think we mentioned Razor last week. Yep. One of my all-time yep. favorites. Um, I don't ever miss him. So came there to see him. I both thrower I love equally. Came there and had an absolute riot. A couple thousand guys jammed into a room, drunk out of their minds, you know, just you know, just jumping around like like we said. Half of them had their shirts off. People acting like a bunch of animals. Yeah. The show. I didn't see one fight, man. It was a friggin' love fest the whole night. Right. I met a million people that night, and it was literally like. And that's why I like going. To, you know, metal's always been fun like that. You know? Yeah. You're, you know, there is a camaraderie. You shake hands because you all have a. You know, you all have a. You know, you have one mission that night. Yeah. To see this band and have the best time you can. Right. Um, so I remember we come back to the hotel. You know, and we're from you know from the Detroit area here, and there was some party going on in Detroit, a block party or something. I don't know who it was, but we just happened to be watching the news in the hotel, and a block party. Eleven people got shot. Yep. And I'm and I said to my friend, I'm like, we were just in a room with a bunch of guys on drugs, on alcohol, and God knows what else. And everybody got along. And everybody had it was a giant party. It was a love fest. I don't understand how that can't just carry over to everything. I don't. I mean, I'm not. You know, again, yeah. soapbox trying to step so, off. Of somebody falls you know. down in the pit, you pick them up. Yeah, yeah, that's always I been mean, it, since it's, time immemorial. It's always right. been that way. You know, you, you know, have fun. It's supposed to be about fun. Exactly, but you know, you were in Canada, so things are a little bit different in Canada, where they hand you a copy of Twenty One Twelve when you're com- when, when you're born. <laughs> This is what this is this is this is what this I'm is told. From, this is, this is what I'm told from Canadian friends that uh, that every Canadian when they're born they are handed 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 twenty one twelve on vinyl, mm-hmm. uh, one hundred and eighty gram. So it's 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 a good mm-hmm. it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Nice brick of vinyl for you to listen to. Really, it is a brick, oh, isn't yeah. it? It's heavy. I love that. I yeah. Love that stuff. It's it's the London scene as far as you know what we were talking yeah. about. London is a fun town. I love going there for shows. And I've been to small clubs. I've been to like you know the London you, Music Hall. You've been to a place called uh, I, I think it's Call the it, Office. Yes, that's it. Call the Office. That's it. Yeah, great club. I, I have a I have a buddy that plays there all the time. There's a band that comes down from Ottawa who yeah. I absolutely worship called Crusades. Yes. Uh, amazing. One of the most amazing bands I've heard in years, as far as like punk indie, whatever you want to yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they play Call the Office whenever they come down. That's about as close to those guys as I can get. Yeah. So I shoot up there, and I'm that creepy guy that comes running up to them with all my records, going, "Okay, I bought all this stuff this year. Can you sign all this stuff now?" Yeah. Nice. They're they all, they're always good sports with me, but they're an amazing band. But I love going to call the office. Yeah. It's a yeah. great scene there. It's cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Canada has a lot of stuff. You know, and there's people that'll 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 dog on Canada like, like great bands. I I I occasionally do, but uh, not seriously. I was banned from Canada for a while. <laughs> different to- different show, different topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> somebody just stopped stopped in a cow pie. Yeah. Oh. So the thing about about this music. Yeah. And like we were saying is it is it it does elicit an emotional response. And you yeah. have a group yeah. of people that are sharing an emotion, you know, like that, yeah. you know. Yeah. And sure if it's aggression you you're being aggressive, but you're being aggressive together, not against each other. Yeah. yeah. I think you mentioned this earlier, and I and I it's such a I love this topic. Yeah. Because I think this whole idea, at least, and we'll, I'll try to keep it with music. That's fine. But this idea of these uh, an emotional response, yep. it really to me is the underbelly of what music is. Of art in general. Well, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It could be very easy to carry this over into anything you want. Right. Right. Um, but when it comes to music, and I I know that's probably the thing with me, obviously, that resonates the most. Um, 
I've always said when it comes, like, whenever I hear something new, and I'm always trying to hear new music all the time. Same here, yeah. Um, it's it, There will always be some the, the same response. If it's something I hear, and me and my buddy would say this, we, we, we just get the chills back here behind our neck. Yeah, yeah. We hear something that, that hits you right in the core, vibrates with you the right way. And that isn't just the music itself. It could be how the guitar, the guitar tones, the bass yeah. tones, how the drums sound. I mean, I'm always dissecting because I'm a dork. So I'm always I'm always dissecting. You know, I can right? relate to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, we'll be somewhere and be like, "Oh, that band crushes, man!" I'm like, I love the bass tone. He's got a really cool gritty tone, yeah. but it's got a real nice, you know, the mid the mid scooped up a little bit on there, so it really cuts through the mix. And you know, now if it's a band that everybody falls asleep, that you've seen a lot, okay? Do you do that with as far as like venues, like take take the sound guy into consideration? Oh yeah. Yeah, they'll sound like, different okay. here and there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like like here in Metro Detroit, I Especially, think. I mean, rooms are all different. Right. So, I yeah. think Smalls is one of the best rooms. Love the sound, you know, Love and the sound. and uh, Dave Malosh, who's uh, he's in charge of all that. Mm. I think even if he doesn't like the band, he makes sure that the, he gives the band the, the best sound that they yeah. could possibly get. Yeah. So a shitty band will sound great. Yeah, well, it's a, the rooms set up really good too. I mean, yeah. that that setup, you know, you don't a lot of clubs. I'm finding like a lot of places we play at, you're playing a giant tube. And the sound just carries for a mile. Right. And then where does it go? Right. It's like, <laughs> do you remember the Belmont? Oh, God, yeah. That, which, oh. Was, which, which was like basically a hallway. Yeah. You know, the men's room opened, oh, the door opened outward onto a dance floor. Mm-hmm. So if you were not paying attention, you were getting smacked by a door, mm-hmm. which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. I had to stand back and watch it. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it's, it, there are a lot of venues like that. And yeah, yeah the venues, I, I think, do need to be taken, taken in consideration oh, yeah. when it comes yeah. to as far as, how you react to music because you can because i've seen bands that are amazing Mm -hmm. in venues and they sounded awful Mm -hmm. yeah i mean if it's a band i really like yeah you know if it's a band i'm in love with who i'm not gonna miss i mean i'm pretty forgiving as it is right i'm gonna be like look i want to hear these guys and watch these guys play these songs and yeah of course there's been some places where i'm like you know but i've seen some people they get they go way off the deep end i've yeah I've hung, I've been to shows with people and they're like, oh, I want to go and beat the shit out of the sound guy. I hate him. He made yeah. the band. I'm like, well, you know, I mean, some of these people, you know, not everybody that's behind the board is, you know, has worked for Led Zeppelin. I, okay. I, you know, I, I actually have a funny story yeah, about yeah. that. Is I I had booked a show. Uh, I had booked the, the, these these two bands for for three shows in Michigan. Yeah. One of them was in Ypsilanti. Was supposed to be at the uh, was it, is it the it was the elbow room. Elbow yeah. yeah, and then elbow room closed down mm-hmm. for a while. So they relocated the show to the Emory, which is over is is down down mm-hmm. the street over there, by next to the Deja Vu. Now Emory used to be like a big dance club. The sound guy was totally talking about how he used to do sound at the Palace all the time. That was all he kept saying. Well, you know, we did the Palace. And I did sound for this band. And it's like this band. And it's like, I'm like. Okay, but can you do sound for this band? Yeah, that's all I give a shit about. I don't yeah. care. I don't care who you did sound for. I just want to know that you can do sound for this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he couldn't process that. <laughs> well, it, it, and they're two different animals. Yeah, I just took my mom last year to see. You, you mentioned the palace. Yeah, and you know, I will say stadium shows, as far as sounds concerned. Yeah. I've never really ever seen a stadium show where I was like, wow, that's, I can hear everything perfectly. Yep. Everything's clean. I mean, it's just, there, you can't control nature, man. It's just the sound's going to bounce. You can't defy the law of physics. So if you're playing in a giant stadium like the Palace, you're going to get bounce. It's just going to bounce around, right? Stadium shows give me anxiety, <laughs> too. I just, it's they like, do. 
Yeah. Well, yeah I I took like, my, like I said, I took my mom to see Bruno Mars. Oh, yeah? She was a huge Bruno Mars fan. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to take one for the team here. Well, <laughs> well you know, mom, right? he's an entertainer. But the sound. Yeah. That was my point. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Bruno Mars, he'll be a bunch of people dancing on the stage. Yeah. And you'll hear, you know, you know, you'll just hear some grinding dance beat behind him and everything else will just get ripped in the mix because that's what I've mm-hmm. seen before. And I was really impressed with what, I mean, that's obviously a production company. Yeah. Those are all working. Those yeah. people all work for each other together. Yeah. yeah. So this it's, is no it's joke. choreographed, yeah. But everything, I'm talking about the sound. I mean, everything. Yeah. You could hear every single instrument. And we were like up, like in the upper levels, like yeah. the, the, I don't know what you call it, but. And I could hear everything perfectly, so I was really... bleed. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> you're, tra- you're, you're trying to avoid it, yeah. You know but... what those cost? You don't yeah. want to know, dude. Oh, no, I don't, I oh, don't. Oh, my God. But it sounded phenomenal. It was it was amazing to hear music be played, and it was being played. That's yeah. the thing I was like... Yeah. I was, I was, I'm not saying I'm a Bruno Mars fan, but I was, like, impressed and like, I, okay, this guy's the real deal. He's no joke, oh, right? oh, oh, absolutely. I think he's incredibly talented, yeah. uh, and I can appreciate what he's doing. I think he is going for uh, that Minneapolis sound like print, that, that Prince had. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think he's very versatile. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was playing, he played, a, they played a, like a metal tune. Yeah. And he grabbed the guitar, and he, like, ripped on it. I'm like, Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's he is incredibly talented. Yeah, and uh, there's there's a lot of people out there that like you'd be surprised. Like, like I I think Justin Timberlake has an incredible amount of talent, and he's incredibly funny. Yeah, yeah, the guy. Well, that's what I've always. I think I like the guy just as the person yeah. more than his music. Yeah, because he's the, he's so tongue in cheek. He don't take himself that seriously. Right, exactly. He has fun. Yeah, and that's really that can make me like anybody if they're yeah. just having a good time. Right. You know, I one of the, the the moments that I aside from him, him being on. Saturday Night Live and being hilarious <laughs> was when he did an NXX cover. Oh, which one was that? I never heard that. Um, he did. He did it live in his. Um, uh, I, I need you tonight. Okay. And it's like, holy shit! This is amazing. Yeah. You know. But you you take that like you were saying. I'm, yeah. I don't mean to cut you no, off. No, you're fine. But we go back to, okay, stadium show. Yeah. Okay, now you need to mix down a band in a room that's the size of you know someone's bathroom. Right in their house. Right, it's a different. It really is a different animal. Right, you get things to cut through. You, the sounds bounce different. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not. I'm no acoustical expert. Right. Um, but I've seen. But at the same time, like going back to that, like you know, you're never going to get a perfect mix. No. Especially if you're just a local sound guy and you're you're mixing a band you met 15 minutes before that. Right. There's just no way. I mean, I know with our band, we're we're very forgiving because the amount of equipment we bring <laughs> and how loud we are. So we're we work with people, right? Yeah. Um. But I, you know, there's it, it just it's just a matter of who it is. There's just so many different factors in yeah. there. I've seen some like teenagers mix down a band at, at clubs, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, he nailed it. And then I've seen some people that are like in their fifties that say they've been doing this for three decades, and all I hear is, well, that that and that's a problem like you have with Machine Shop, where they're they're so focused on on playing like, but I I, I still like like I said last week, Machine Shop metal mm-hmm. that that that's they'll they'll mix everything like that. Mm-hmm. So you have a band that's not like that. Mm-hmm they don't know how to deal with it. That's the reason that I put on, that's the reason I grabbed some Danko Jones CDs before I left today. Because yeah. we talked about the machine shop yeah. last week and I think I mentioned, this is like weird how this all works Because that is a that is like a band that's going to play, that plays there. We saw Danko Jones there. Yeah. And I'm like, I, on the way out of the house, I'm like, Amber, I'm going to take a Danko Jones CD and listen to it. Yeah. I was just thinking, about how the hell did I get there I saw today? saw Volbeat I'm, there. Oh, Volbeat was Vol- Yeah, Volbeat yeah. before, like, like just before they hit, yeah. with a, uh, what was it, uh, Gangsters, uh, they cover, they cover, and, um, they cover that that Kitty Wells, Kitty Wells, yeah, Kitty Wells, 
Social distortion covered it, making believe. Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, I mean, I like the Kitty Wells version. Of I do too. <laughs> but uh, Volbeat is kind of like um, they're weird. They are. Oh, they they're are weird. very weird. But I love them. They're cool. But they're they're kind of like uh, Europe's uh, social distortion. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it but with a little bit of a little they bit get, more they metal. Get hard, front they get harder. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Get, yeah. It, it's exactly it's what interesting they are. Stuff, man. But you know, um, back to emotional response. Yeah. <laughs> like I know that. Let's like, go there. You, you and I could talk about music for yeah. I, I think for days. What song? What what song has made you cry? Oh God! Recently? Oh well, okay. We can go with recently, but like like. Well, like, I I wanted to throw this in because I mean, and this isn't even like, and we'll you know we'll figure stuff yeah. out as we go along yeah. here, but the the like the piece of music, and I I mean I'm sorry I'm gonna take this out of this yeah. a little bit, but the entire you, you guys ever seen the movie Interstellar? Yeah. Hans, okay. Yeah, it's a, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm watching you guys. That score is amazing. You have homework. You have homework with, now. With, with Matthew McConaughey. Well, it's Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Wrote the score. Yeah. Right. Okay. Hey, she turn her. Go go ahead. I was actually in high school band, and we performed something that he had orchestrated. Okay. For He's written a million scores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, I know, can't. He remember. does a lot of stuff for Christopher Nolan, which that's an interstellar is a Christopher yeah. Nolan film. Yeah. But I remember the name Hans Zimmer. Hans yeah. Zimmer. And he, yeah. It was. It was such like a. A good yeah. song to play for like an orchestra band because he had like the drums and they were mm-hmm. all. It was like a. It was a song about a storm. So I mean, I don't know all of his stuff, but yeah, no. I, do this, do this, do me this favor. If you guys feel okay, you don't have to. Um, see if you can. Get, I mean, you might be able to go on YouTube or some. I don't know. There's so many different ways. Try to listen to the soundtrack of the movie Interstellar before you watch it, and then go watch the movie. Right? I got. I went. I went backwards. Right? I saw the movie. But when I saw the movie, um, well, I was blown away. It's one of my favorite films in the last, like, 20 years, honestly. But what really made it one of my favorite films in the last 20 years was the score. And there's a lot of, you know, it's a score for a film, so you don't really have song titles. It was written for the film. Hans Zimmer wrote so this So like, everything's listed as, like, scenes. Well, you know, you know, before the crash, you know, docking, whatever. Um, but there's some movements that he wrote throughout the score that utterly, utterly, tear the heart out of my chest and just leave it on the floor. Um, and that's just if you listen to the music. Um, I think, you know, once you see the movie, then you see it all put into context with the movie. It's even more of an emotional blow, and that's how I saw it, was just watching the movie and then really noticing the music, right? Um, oh, bring you're going to make me cry on the air. You don't want to <laughs> do that, man. I'm not going to be worth a shit to you in a couple seconds here. Hey. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. No, go ahead. No, put it on. No, right. now you, now you, see, you can't do that. you got to put it on. you got to crank it. Um, it's some of the most beautiful music I've heard in yeah. years. Uh, Hans Zimmer, and a lot of it was recorded acoustically, too. It wasn't just yeah. done on... I mean, he wrote it on synthesizers, and then it was yeah. recorded. But, I mean, I'm sorry to be so vague going into that, but that was one of the things that popped in my head immediately when we said, like, you know, emotional stuff, because emotional responses to music. I can, I can listen to that soundtrack. I just got, I just got the... Uh, they finally did a... They, they've done a couple different vinyl runs of it. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I had, like, the CD, the, I had the CD box set that I listened to a million times, and I... Got the record set now, and I listen to that all the time. Yeah. My better half is a, is a classically trained pianist, and she's learning the score for me also, Uh-oh. which is going to destroy. She started doing one of the parts already. I'm like, I'm like you know, my antlers popped up in the living room. Like, oh, my God, that song's so cool. Getting a box of Kleenex and yeah, yeah. <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> yeah. It's so pretty. I yeah. mean, you know, we mentioned Kitty Wells. Yeah. 
Yeah, all right, let's I'll, play I'll, the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll back off. I'll any back any off. old bluegrass for me. Yeah. Oh, oh. Man. See, I, see, see. I grew up on that. Yeah. And for me, the song that makes me cry every time is uh, George Jones. Oh. Uh, he stopped loving her today. Okay. And I, growing up, I did not know like what like what that was about as yeah. far as like oh he just stopped loving her. I didn't re- it, it, I didn't realize that that song was about he stopped loving her. Because he died. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when, when the first line of that song is, uh, you know, he said, I love you till the day, I, you know, and yeah. I say, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll love you till, till I die. Yeah, yeah. That was it. He, I mean, yeah. and, and once that hit me as an adult, I'm like. Sticks a hook right in you. Yeah. Destroys you. <laughs> it's like, I'm done. There's a band. Um, they were around in the 80s called Hot Rise. I yeah. love talking about this band. But yeah. When it comes to bluegrass. Um, they were, I, I guess they, they were. I guess you would consider that contemporary bluegrass mm-hmm. still. But they did a host of songs, just, you know, Colleen Malone's a song um, as far as, like, literally kind of making me well up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's the same idea. It's, a, you know, it's about a woman's grave. Mm-hmm. You know, and this guy, it was his Colleen Malone, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes by there every day to see his Colleen Malone. I don't want to go into all the goofy lyrics and stuff. Yeah. You can go on and listen to it. Uh, but that's one example as far as, I mean, any, any, but I can like just put on any old, like any, old, like not the fast stuff. No. Just that nice mid tempo, you know. I mean, I love fast bluegrass. It's fun to listen to. Um, it gets me into a different zone. Yeah. But that really is like, as far as just a general style of music, mm-hmm. that really um, just kind of sets me into a different place. Right. Um, doom, you know, I'm a huge doom metal fan. Right. Too. Um, and the band Candlemass, I don't know if we talked about it. All the guys in my band hate Candlemass. I'm the only guy that likes that band. But that was a band when I was very young, you know, as far as heavy stuff's concerned. Um, the first, like, four Candlemass albums are, like, the first four Black Sabbath albums to me. Right. They have that much of an emotional impact. Candlemass kind of took the whole Doom idea and did stick it with a little bit of steroids, make it a little bit more, you know, amp it up a little bit yeah. more. Um, and there's just, a, you know, the entire Nightfall record by Candlemass, if you read those lyrics, and they're all, like, kind of fantasy related you know right. there's a song called samaritan on on the nightfall album and yeah. it's about a guy it's about a samaritan right and it's about a man it's you know and depending i don't, I don't know what you the listener or you ben or anybody yeah. else here you know what your religious things are we don't need to take that into account but i even where i'm at i still listen to that song and it's about a guy saying well you know i i fed this man he was he was hungry and i've taken care of him and he don't need to repay me back because heaven's going to repay me back someday Right. right, and whether you, whatever you believe, it's still a great story. It's just a beautiful thing. Like you know, it'll all work out for me in the end. Right, and I just kind of like, you know, it's a happy ending. It, 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 it's it's <laughs> it, it's, it, it's a doom song about karma. Yeah, it's yeah. good karma. Right, know, it's cool karma. Yeah. So you know, like, really, emo- you know, as far as like nowadays, I mean, Sabbath is you know, I keep we always keep it always comes back to Sabbath. It seems like, but there's so many songs like we. <laughs> Last Friday, we went and saw that Max Sabbath show. Yeah, I was going to go. How was that? <laughs> it was a riot. That's awesome. You know, and like Snow, we, we talked about that last Thursday when we were here. Uh, Snowblind. Being like the greatest song about cocaine. It's my, well, it's my favorite Sabbath song, not because of the, the lyrical content. Right. It's just how the song makes me feel. Ever since I was a little yeah. kid, those riffs and the way Ozzy sings and phrases yeah. and just punctu- you know, punctuates those lyrics over yeah. the music. It's just one of the most. It's one of the deepest songs, and it could be about anything. And I just be like, still going. Well, know? yeah, that, and that—that's the thing. Is like, like Sabbath, their 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 lyrical content 
there was a there was a lot of political stuff in there. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like Electric Funeral and Hand of Doom, oh, yeah. and you know, it, it's uh, a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. But Sabbath, I mean, really, if you break it down, you were was they weren't really a metal band. No, they were a rock and roll band. They were a rock and roll band like that leaned heavily on they the turned, blues. They just kept turning up louder and louder. Right. And that's kind of where the, the the speakers responded appropriately. Yeah. What happens when you use those those cheap Laney amps? You know that, that <laughs> Tony Iommi used. You know, but you know I. But, but that but that I mean for me, as far as that emotional, we're talking about emotional responses yeah. to stuff. I mean, you know, you get like fast music. I love fast music. Yeah. I mean, I love you know speed metal and thrash and yeah. you know, punk rock, hardcore. Yeah, it's all great, and I respond to that accordingly. I guess yeah. you know everything has to have an. Like we were just saying, I mean, it, you know, good art when it comes to music uh, mm-hmm. in this case, it's going to make you feel something. Yeah. I guess if it makes you feel angry, I'm kind of leaning more on the, I'm going to die with a ball. And I started yeah. there with the Interstellar soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a million, you know, as far as like stuff that stuck out, it's always been Candlemas for me, that band. Um, yeah. Because uh, they they wrote so many songs for me, like especially the first four records, it just, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was, even th- being that young, it still struck a chord on, like, there's something else going on here. It isn't oh, just yeah. a bunch of guys making a bunch of noise and playing as loud as they can. There's something very beautiful about this. And it right. really brings something out in me, um, you know, and it carried over. I'm still listening to this stuff to this day. Right. Now, for me, like, all right, um, a, a, there's an entire album that, it, to me, epitomizes, like, a breakup. And that's The Cure's Disintegration. I don't know if you've ever listened to it. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I think, it, it, to me, I used to give copies of it to friends that just were going through breakups. <laughs> like, I, like I, I'm serious. Like, if you had just got dumped, I was I, guaranteed you were getting a copy of The Cure's Disintegration from me. Like, I, I yeah. literally would go out and buy a copy of it and hand it to yeah. him. I'm like, sure, I could have just burned a copy, but no, well, you, you need here's the, the real hold, thing. You need to hold that and Here's sure. the real thing. Yeah. And it, it, every from start to finish, I was like, just listen to it start to finish. Don't be a bitch and like you know, be like, oh, I don't want to listen to that. No, listen yeah, to it, yeah. and I mean, listen yeah. to those lyrics. Yeah. And uh, I guarantee, getting through that, you know, like listening to that will help you get through mm-hmm. what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And it 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 helped me. Uh, you know, it, it's it's to me that's like that's one of those that. I, it sticks out for you. It sticks out. It's, it resonates. It's, it's one of my top ten favorite albums because of that. Confession time. Yeah. I was never. I'll be totally honest. Growing up, like the Cure was one of those bands where like that's just too emote. Yeah. Know, when you're when you're buried in like just you know, I don't know, Deicide and right. know, Corpse and all these bands you're listening to. You know, it was like my friend Keith talked about it years ago. He, he was a, he's a huge uh, yeah Cure fan. But even he said, he's like, you know, like, I'd go across the hall to my sister's room and grab the Cure tape and, yeah. and listen to it. Yeah. Like, and like a couple, this was just about three years ago, we were talking about that. And I, I'm i saying like just three years ago. Yeah. He's like, you haven't listened to the whole Disintegration album? I'm like, well, no, not really, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's like, you really should sit down and listen to it. So I'm like, oh, I will. Yeah. So I sat down and listened to it. And the thing that stuck out to me, yeah. I mean, of course, the songs really were like, whoa, this is deep stuff. Yeah. But every song on that record was a hit. Yeah, every every, I mean, every yeah. song I heard on there, I'm like, I've heard this song a million times. Yeah, I've heard this song a million oh, times. And, and that's the thing, yeah, like pictures of you, yeah. uh, love song. Yeah. I mean, the, the, these are songs that, that just Friday. Like, I'm in, is that the, is that no? A, that's a, that's that on. Um, uh, 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 my ignorance on the cure. Here I go. Yeah, I'm gonna kill myself. I, hey. <laughs> that album's incredible. Everything on there was just a crusher. Well, you're listening to the right album if you're gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the cure was so good. Even even like Trey Parker and Matt Stone like gave him props on the show I mean, on South Park. 
Yeah, well, you don't yeah, get that very often, yeah, right? Because Robert Smith was uh, he, he he turned in what Mothra? Yeah, yeah and he killed like off Mecha Streisand. Yeah, but there, there's a great like as Robert Smith is leaving. Yeah. I think it was Kyle jumped up and said, Disintegration's the greatest album ever. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget that. I'm like, okay, obviously Trey Parker and Matt Stone yeah. are big Cure fans. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I thought oh, that yeah. was really cool. Great. It, oh, it's a great record. I it, love that album. It, it is, absolutely. And there's it, there's so many of those other albums. Like, like to me, like I have Depeche Mode shirt on. Depeche Mode's Violator hit me in a, in a completely different way emotionally. And it, I'm not talking about it on air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, it, you know it, it's it, and that's and again one of my top in, in my top ten favorite albums yeah. because it did hit me and it's another one of those like every song on that album is a hit because mm-hmm. uh, who doesn't know you know who hasn't heard personal Jesus yeah you know or um, waiting for the night which even Ghost covered okay yeah and uh, I think on their first EP yeah yeah um, but you know there are. There are albums that I can listen to, like I, uh, months and months ago, I did a whole show on albums, on uh, our, you know, albums that impacted your life, mm-hmm. not just like a song. I mean, the entire album, like 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 I say, like the Curious Disintegration, mm-hmm. and it's because of what was going on in your life and how it impacted you emotionally. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you have you have an album that got you through something. Yeah, yeah. Well, no one's many. gonna know what the hell it is, but I'll if you okay, care okay. to hear. Go ahead, go ahead. Holy Terror. Holy terror. Nobody know. I'm, I'm sure no one here knows who that band is. And I mean, my I, friends just keep I, rolling I, their I'm eyes. I'm familiar with Holy Terror. All my buddies roll their eyes because we'll be in conversations and yeah. this will come up. Um, and I'll keep it brief. But um, I I saw the artwork for their first album when I was very young. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that looks really cool. Yeah. You know, so I just went and, you know, like a lot of things you bought when we were young, when we were, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. It was bought because it just looked cool. Yeah, you just took a chance on it, and a lot, sometimes you got a dud, but the majority of the time you, it was good stuff. Yeah, yeah, same um, here. Yeah, that's where you know the, the whole label recognition came. You know, if it was on, you know, at the time it was on Road Runner or Road Racer, it was something good. And Holy Terror, the American distribution of the album was on was on Road Racer. Um, in Europe, it was Music for Nations, which is another cool label. Right? Yeah, was it Roadrunner, Road Racer? Or? They changed the name back and forth. But, oh, it was originally Roadrunner. They got sued by Walt Disney yeah. or something. Or Warner, or Warner Brothers. Brothers, yeah. Because they couldn't use because, that Road Racer. That, that, was, that yeah. was the same label that had uh, DSI and oh, yeah. Fear Factory and All such. those bands, yeah. yeah. They, they put out a ton of great records. Right, um, but Holy Terror was one of those bands. It was, you know, it was the late '80s, early '90s. Uh, they were from California. They were, they were, I guess you'd refer to as a second tier thrash band from the Bay Area, that area. Well, California Bay Area, that's yeah, that's that, like thrash. That's, that was that's thrash. thrash. That was thrash. Yeah. That was all those bands right there. Um, and I bought the first, you know, a Terror and Submission, the first record. Yeah. And I just had my mind blown because the, the artwork. You know, and it was one of those like things that kind of threw me off with, with the snake around the crucifix. You got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I brought it, it up. It threw yeah. me off. So I'm like, okay, this is gonna probably be some. Blah, 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 yeah. Whatever. It'll be fun. I love it. Right. Uh, but then I listened to it, and Keith Dean, who's no longer with us, unfortunately, he was totally different from any of his contemporaries at the time. He he was a beautiful singer. He could do all the raspy stuff, the gurgly yeah. stuff, whatever you want to call it. But he had such a soulful voice. Right. My God, you're playing it. I start crying again. I'll give it a little bit of it. Yeah, there you go. Hell yeah. Um, but I was completely blown away by that. Yeah. That first album blew my mind. 
I was like, oh my god, this is so incredible. Yeah. And then they put out, and that I was like, okay, this is this is great. They can't top that. Yeah. Then they put out Mind Wars, which was their second album, which is like that's the record you said, the record that has affected you. Yeah, that album um, just. I don't even know the, the the influence and the effect that changed my life. It really did, yeah. um, especially the song from that record called "The Immortal Wasteland," which is really kind of a maiden esque type of song. It isn't a thrash song. It's more of a just a traditional kind of galloping metal song. But the lyrics and everything that that record represents to me it was very intelligent. It was very spooky. It had a mood to it. It had an atmosphere. You don't get that a lot nowadays. Oh God, yeah, this song right here. You don't get that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Crank it if you want to crank I will. it. I will. Shut you my mouth. Let's take a quick break. You and we're, yeah, we're going to listen to this. We'll be back in just a moment with more Mortis EG Joint on New Radio Media.
You're listening to Motor City Juju on a new radio media. Yeah. Yeah. And you were just listening to Kiss because God gave rock and roll to you. You played a whole, I, I, I'm so happy you played a Holy Terror song on here. You're that was it. worth the trip over here alone, man. Yeah. What we were talking about before, if, if I may. Mm, yo, wonder. please go right well, ahead. Well, it's so funny because, yeah, that record, you know, Mind Wars by Holy Terror, that mm-hmm. really is like my all time, like, it is my all time favorite metal record. I mean, it's my all time favorite record, honestly. Right. It's like above anything. Um, and that song is like my all-time favorite song. Um, what's so funny is that that band became a journey for me because they only put out two records, yeah. And they just kind of vaporized. Yeah. They just they just kind of vaporized. And I spent like in a very short form. I spent like ten years trying to find out what happened to this amazing band that I was in love with that I was obsessed with. I had I still have my folder filled with all these clippings that I was just I was obsessed. Right. I still have a folder in my office of all this stuff you know mm-hmm. that I collected over the years, and. Um, this was, God, this was like 1998. Okay. I was surfing the web, and I come across this little one-page GeoCity site. Do you guys remember GeoCities? Yeah, I do. Um, that some guy did named Tom Hutchinson um, that he made for this band, Holy Terror. And I was like, whoa! And he had a couple of the album covers and a couple of promo pictures of the band. And I'm like, and he had his email. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh. So I email him, like, dude, I do you have any kind of contact with these guys? I, I'm obsessed. I need to mm-hmm. know what happened. So he, he's like, yeah, I got, I got Mike and Kurt from the mm-hmm. band. Uh, you know, I could just, I'll fire this. So I sent them to, I, I emailed these guys. Mm-hmm. And um, that was in the days of just, you know, you had email. You didn't have these phones. You could just check your email every mm-hmm. five seconds. So I remember like two weeks, I would come home from work and check my email. I'm like, ah, oh, nothing there. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. So two weeks later, I come home and there's a reply from Kurt Kohlfeldt, the man behind Holy Terror, mm-hmm. one of the masterminds. And I'm like, <gasps> two-page email. Mm-hmm. Telling me all the stuff that's happened over the years mm-hmm. and what he's done, and I'm like, oh my god, this is and it, with a phone number at the end of the email. Yeah, he's like, somebody loves my shit. Call me. So I'm like, and this is like the days of long distance. Still, yeah, didn't matter, didn't care. I'll pay the bill. So I called him, and we ended up having like a two hour conversation, and he kind of filled me in. Yeah, and I of course fanboyed out the majority of the conversation yeah. and freaked out, but I got so excited at the end of the conversation, yeah. I'm like. This is a travesty that you guys, you were criminally underrated. Why was there, why isn't there not, you're, you should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, why hasn't somebody at least done a website for you? I should do that. Hmm? And he's like, oh, really? Would you want to do something like that? I'm like, sure. I'd love to. Do you have a Holy Terror and, you know, website? You guys aren't seeing my eyes no, flickering I, I can, around right yeah. now. Um, I had no idea how to make a website at the time. I had no clue. I didn't yeah. know. But I'm like, well, okay, let's. Let's make a website. 
and again scanned all my stuff spent all these hours of work yeah. learning how to code html yeah. getting help doing all these things doing it from the ground up yeah didn't have any you know i had a couple friends that would help me here and there but yeah. really i was the only guy doing it um and it's become this I, i'm gonna keep it very brief this whole thing yeah holy terror speed i still do the website to this day um i've met the band i mean keith dean the singer is no longer with us like i said he passed away a few years ago but i've had the chance to um Meet Kirk Colfelt, mm-hmm. the guitar, one of the main guys from the band, and the drummer Joe Mitchell. We've actually got to meet. I plan on meeting Floyd, the bass player, someday. Mm-hmm. We've all convert, we've all corresponded, yeah. we've all talked. So I've had the honor of talking to these guys. On funny offshoot, one day I'm driving my car. This is not yeah. too long after I talked to Kurt, and my phone rings like in the middle of a rainstorm. It's my little cell phone flip yeah. phone thing, and I answer it. It's some weird number. I answer it, and like you know, hello, yeah, who's this? Well, who the hell is this? You called me. This is Floyd Flannery from Holy Terror. <laughs> Nearly going to a ditch, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Another two-hour conversation with one of the one of the guys who basically taught me how to play bass. Yeah. Um, so the, we're going to go back to this idea of um, how music emotionally, you know, makes yeah. you respond to things. Well, that's kind of like going off the deep end, right there. Right. I still do the website. Still talk to these guys. We're all still good friends. Um, and it's just I've managed to have you know develop a beautiful relationship with some really great guys that I'm proud to have as friends now. Um, and the, the real kicker to it, I say to people when I, when I talk about this is, you know, a lot of people, I think, you know, with, especially with heavy metal and mm-hmm. whatever, they're like, Oh, well people listen to heavy metal. You know, you, I think it's a lot less these days. You know, people listen to heavy metal, you know, they're just drug addicts and losers and they don't do anything. And I'm like, well, honestly, listening to heavy metal taught me my career. Right. That's how I got into what I do for a living now, right? So if it wasn't for a, a band, this little band named Holy Terror. Oh, you're a web designer? Well, no, I don't do web design. I work in, I work in infrastructure IT stuff. So oh, okay. Kinda, you know, there's so many things you can do with that stuff. I worked in my, IT for a while. But I cut my career path as a result of that. That's what started it, was building this, this goofy little Holy Terror site, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that's super interesting. And I, I, I really like to hear people that have, the, I know there's people that have the same story, like, you know, yeah. it wasn't for this band or if it wasn't for this art, yeah. I wouldn't have found my way, you know, right. and I found my way in life like that, which is always fun to make fun of my parents with too. Cause they, I always say, you know, you guys yelled at me when I was younger about listening to all this loud music. I go, if it wasn't for the loud music, I wouldn't be right. doing what I'm doing now. I well, wouldn't be happy. You know, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. Same here. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, and I'm, 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 lucky enough to have parents that were supportive of it you know yeah, and yeah. i i like to think that uh if it wasn't for them playing records when i was a little kid yeah. uh, you know that i would my my love for music would be yeah you know yeah my we, my parents they were supportive i think to a certain degree yeah I mean, I, it's hard to say yeah, they're, they're great people they're awesome they're the greatest people ever right uh, but there was like i think and i think it's just people being good parents they were concerned because yeah that on the outside you just see like you know you see the uglier elements of this music and it's still there yeah oh it's it's very well alive luckily i'm i was one of those guys that was just too nerdy to get involved with that i just cared about the music yeah that's all i cared about i didn't right. care about it, the lifestyle around you weren't it. like like the guy in the black metal band that's lighting a church on fire no, I, <laughs> have, have you have you seen the video of, the, of, of like the arts and crafts like the dad and the and, oh god it's so re- yeah yeah but the that's one of those ones that's in rotation like once or twice a month you see it and you just keep laughing it's the most yeah. insane thing ever but i mean i was too nerdy and i still am honestly to, to like to like fall into that that motif i guess yeah right um it was you know and that's why i just keep telling people like it wasn't for that if it wasn't for that music i wouldn't be you know 
having the fun that I have now, honestly. Right. I mean, it, it enriched me. And I think that's the thing, this emotional response we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. That's something that's supposed to be enriching. Whether it's aggressive or angry yeah. or, you know, it makes you cry, it makes you, you know, feel heartfelt. Well, yeah. oh, my God, you, you dumped me, I hate you, or yeah. whatever it might be. You're getting something out of that, right? Um, you know, angry music is such, it's, we all know it's so cathartic, man. There's just yeah. some stuff that I can just, I can read the lyrics or, or you know, recite the lyrics now. And I'm yeah. like, it's so like, angry. Like, it's, it's like, all right, it's, it's socially unacceptable to just go and just destroy shit. When, you, when you're angry, mm-hmm. but listening to some angry music mm-hmm. is a way to get it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like much like uh, there's people that'll listen to to like Morrissey and cry, and but that's they're probably crying because they're listening to Morrissey. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, <laughs> well, I think it's how you're wired. I mean, you're yeah. all, we're all going to respond, you know, on a vibrational level yeah. to different kinds of music, whatever. And it, it's how I don't think like you know, so well, I prefer this kind of music. Well, I don't think it's because. Well, I just like the way that sounds. I think it is something. I really believe it's it's this vibrational thing. Yeah. It's something that in your co- your core, yeah. you feel that, uh, and that's that's why I said before. Like I I still hear stuff that's amazing. The stuff that I love, like whether it's new or old, yeah, I'll get that little chill on the back of my yeah. Neck. Oh, I know. And I think that's yeah, it's it's exactly. still an amazing feeling. It um, is. Yeah. I mean, but that's like you know. That's an emotional response to something like the Holy Terror thing I said. That's like way over the top. Right. I, I became obsessed, and I still am. Right. I'm still collecting stuff. I'm still finding stuff. I'm still having people send me stuff from, from Europe right. and stuff. Going, right. hey, we have this thing. We wanted. We know you like that stuff, so we're gonna, you know, let you collect it. Right. Whatever. So, yeah, it's that's that's good stuff. Yeah. That's what it should be about. Right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It should be. It should enrich you. It should. Right. I mean, music should be something like that. I. I you know, you get locked into the lifestyle of something, like I was saying before. Like, you know, well, I'm a punker, so I have to act like a punker or right. whatever. And, you know, there's so many lines that are drawn, even today, I think. Um, but my thing is always, no matter what it is, if, it, if I dig it, you know, me and Maddie from Stare, who was here last week, we're big Tom Jones fans, right? Right. I love to listen to that man sing. Right. I like Dare I say, I love to listen. I like to watch that man dance. That guy's incredible, man. You're not like throwing your underwear at him, but you know. Nearly. We saw him in Chicago a couple years ago. And when he, (laughs) he, all he had to do was move out. Like here's, here's Tom Jones. I'm I'm not Tom Jones, but he's Tom Jones singing into the microphone. He did this one time, House of Blues in Chicago, 2016. He just moved outside the microphone, like sideways from the microphone. You can hear me moving, right? Um, and all he did was, and you guys can't in Radio Land, but I'm, he just kind of did one of these You're things. You're on camera, though. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. he just kind of did one of these things and kind of shook the hips. And that entire place, no matter how, we were the youngest guys there, I think. But we all freaked out. And, like, literally, I was, like, kind of going, going right. the boxer shorts. And, I mean, it was, but that's an emotional response, too. I mean, it may be a bit of tribal knowledge with, with Tom Jones. It's kind of like the thing, like, you know. It's Tom Jones. You got to throw your underwear on the stage. It's just, it's just, it's scripture. You're supposed right. to do that. But there's a reason for that. Dude rules. He's amazing. Yeah. And that's like the most unmetal thing you can do. But whatever. It's cool. It's good. It's great music. It's fun to listen to. Right. It enriches you. Right. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, let's. We're gonna take one more break okay. before we go. Um, what's up, Tony? You looking at me all fun? Oh. You all right? Go right ahead. Yeah. Q 
Cash covers that. Wow. What's haunting as hell. Because that wasn't, that was about him, too. There's a reason he picked that song, because it mimicked his life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well. Yeah. It was, it was actually. Good good call, man. It was, it was written, I want to say, what, like, 95, and he passed away early 2000s. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, yeah, relatively close to his death, but when he was doing all those American recordings, he was, it was all covers. Yeah. Like, um. Soundgarden's Rusty Cage. He did Nick Cave's Mercy Seat, which is a great song. Nick Cave, you know, Nick Cave, I think, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, did Neil Diamond's um, Solitary Man. You mentioned Personal Jesus earlier. Yeah, he did Personal too, Jesus. I yeah. yeah, I actually I have the I have that one on uh, on, on I managed to get that There's 45 on vinyl. Now, you know? okay, talking about man, I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah. He covered. Oh man, this is gonna kill me. I see it. I see a darkness. I see. Uh, yeah. Now that that's a cover, and I, you know I've listened to the source material of that also, and and it elicits the same, the same response at least for me. Yeah. That's one of those beautiful downtrodden kind of you know, and it's just a, you know about, you know you know do you know how much I love you you know just that line, yeah. you know it's just, you, know, you just got you know it's hard to try to describe that on the on, on the radio. Go and listen to that. I see. I forgot who wrote that song. Um, uh, you know, I can't. Uh, I can't remember either. I've but watched it, the it, guy play it live. And it's it, it's like, wow. It is. Uh, it, I know it's on American Three. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is also uh, so, called Solitary Man, mm-hmm. and that contains song Solitary Man. It mm-hmm. has uh, U2's One, uh, Tom Petty's uh, Won't Back Down, mm. uh, Nick Cave's Mercy Seats. Thanks for bringing up Johnny Cash. Yeah, I'm oh, a huge fan. Huge, huge fan. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Cash was a. Uh, see, I got that. It's got that harmony just ripping through my head now. I'm yeah. in big trouble. No, Trent Reznor, I think he was that. Yes, now yeah, he, Trent Reznor. He, he said, "I like can't the, play this song it's anymore." It's not my song anymore. I can't play this song anymore. There's no way I can capture that. Um, and those lyrics, I mean. To Trent Reznor's credit, that's some deep shit. <laughs> that it was is, heavy it, stuff. It's very wrote. deep shit. It, it was mean, no it, joke. And that's that's a, a Johnny Cash was able to take a song that was uh, a, essentially a, like about a, like addiction and turn it into something completely different. He yeah. made it his own. Yeah. And what he in, in making in, by making it his own. And, because because when he really it was released right at, right uh, right after um, his wife had passed away right uh, Trent Reznor uh, no uh, Johnny Cash after Johnny June Cash. June passed yeah. away yeah and uh, just that level of of like just I, well those are the that. those are the greats I mean he could uh, the real greats in history mm-hmm. as far as music's concerned are those people. They could take anything. They could write something. They could cover something. They just make again. It's that reverberation, I think, yeah. especially with Johnny Cash and his, you know, the defam- you know, the American recording stuff he was doing. He had that. I always call it just that cool timber. Yeah. He's older. He's beat up. You know, he's like a. I always kind of pictured this piece of leather singing. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm not making fun of Johnny Cash. This is not. Right. But it's like it's just like this old piece of leather that's been, you know. Like a saddle, been rode hard, put away wet every night, yeah. and it's still functional. It's still working. Yeah. It's still oh, doing yeah. something. Oh, yeah. And Johnny Cash went to the very end like that. And that's why Johnny Cash is just Johnny Cash. There's like, you know, Johnny Cash, like the Ramones, those are two two entities, at least to me, that it's like, okay, 
no one's allowed to just talk any shit here. Right. <laughs> you will get beat up. Right. There's nothing. This is the real deal. This is the real oh, stuff, man. Oh, I, I, I met a, I, Raw as hell. Raw. I, not ashamed to admit that I cried when Johnny Cash died. Oh, we, we were out partying. Not partying, but we were drinking. Yeah. So we're like, this is, no, this is, this is crap. You know, and it's just, you know, you're talking about this emotional thing. Yeah. I know for me, and this is just this is just ties in with this whole ball of wax. I'm sorry. Do you want to go to a song? Yeah, well, actually, Let's I was going to play Hurt, and we'll come back. Let's we'll talk that. about yeah. it. All right. Let's talk about so that. So yeah. here is uh, here's Johnny Cash covering the. Well, you know what? No, I'm not going to say covering because this because Nine Inch Nails just relinquished. Hurt. Trent Reznor respectfully handed the song over to Johnny Cash. It's, it's yours now. Yeah. Uh, so. This is this is heard by uh, by Johnny Cash. I'm more city. I go I just, damn by Johnny Cash. I'm more city. You join on your radio media. I hurt myself today. To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away but I remember everything What have I become My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you Bye. 
just go home and go to bed now? Yeah, that that is and always will be incredibly haunting. God, it is so hard. Yeah. But, you know, we're we're going to give some tickets away to see uh, Chemist and Thousand Yard Stare. Yeah, two days from now. Yeah. Two nights from now. 20, 48 hours away. The big show. Yeah. Uh, yeah we've, been, we've been riffing on this so much. I mean, yeah, we, we, I, I think we kind of forgot about that. It's we're right. having so much fun talking about this. This is yeah. a fascinating subject. Yeah. So uh, that's that's a thing that's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all, I think we're all kind of just... Yeah, after that, it yeah, kind of takes kinda you out. Hard to get back uh, in the slot. Yeah. So. Yeah, we got that show coming up. Uh, yeah, Thousand Yard Stare. Uh, we're playing at the Loving Touch in Ferndale uh, this Thursday, February twenty second. Uh, great lineup of bands. Chemist is the headliner. They're from Denver, Colorado. Uh, we're playing, of course, uh, Golden Torso, another just fascinating band. Uh, great bunch of guys, and then our friends Boomback. I'm sorry, Booback from Ypsilanti are opening the show up. Um, doors open at eight. Uh, and you, I think, yeah, free tickets. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah, giving away a pair of tickets. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, it's free. Yeah. So if you would like to go see Chemist and Thousand Yard Stare, and who else is playing? Uh, Chemist, uh, my band. Uh, yeah, that's my, yeah, we're playing. Uh, now you're killing me. Golden Torso. I just said Golden it like Torso. Yeah, Golden Torso, yeah. Golden Torso and Booback. Yeah. Any, uh, okay. Great stacked lineup. Um, at the Loving Touch, you know, I, yeah. I love the Loving Touch. One I of my do favorite too. Places yeah, to play you, at. you know, it used to be like a rub and tug, shady uh, massage parlor. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally, dude. Yeah, that's it why was, it's my favorite place to play at. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, no happy ending there except for you know, uh, if uh, the if the door counts good and you get paid. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the happy ending. Yeah. As a promoter. I can say that. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to you win these tickets, give us a call at uh, 844-999-9249. That's 844-999-9249. Taking calls right now uh, while we talk about uh, when an artist passes away, that yeah. emotional response. Because, you know, like like I was saying, when Johnny Cash passed away, I, I, was, I was rather distraught, you know? We all were. Yeah. We all were. Because, you know, Cash was, you know, Cash was one of those guys. He crossed so many like bound, yeah. like genres and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what was always fascinated me about him. I mean, I grew up listening to Cash. I mean, my family, uh, my whole family is rooted from the South, so we were kind of just spoon fed yeah. that stuff coming up, uh, that and old bluegrass, like we were talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, but what I always loved about Cash was that everybody listened to him, no matter who you were. Uh, you know, from just the, the regular suit wearing person that goes to, does their nine to five to like the dirty raunchy dudes in the gutter that you know they just you know they they hang out and do whatever. It was all walks of life that adored Johnny Cash's music in all of its forms because he did so much different kind of music, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, when he went, that was one of those just global exhales, like what? Come on, this is lame, you know, and. You were, we were talking about that before the break here, mm-hmm. and I kind of just got into that mindset. Like, that happens, and I think I mentioned that earlier in the show. We get this information so fast now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just comes so fast, and when someone passes away, like we were, like I mentioned Tom Petty, mm-hmm. he wasn't even dead yet, and people were already reporting, like, oh, Tom Petty's passed away. Mm-hmm. I think it was his sister that was going, slow the hell, or his daughter, I think, or somebody. Yeah, yeah. Slow the hell down here. He's not dead yet. Come on. <laughs> 
He's getting there. He's getting there. But like, like, I remember I found out that Lemmy passed away from uh, my, oh, my friend Alan, who was, the, was. who was the chief engineer here. Yeah. Uh, and oh, I, and the, I found out when he, he was he was on air at this at this other station. Yeah. And he, he announced that Lemmy had just passed away. And I texted him. I was like, dude, why the fuck are you lying on on, on the radio? Stop <laughs> this. <laughs> you know, it's fake bullshit. news. Fake <laughs> news. Right. It's like that's the one thing you want to be fake news. Well, aside from other things that that happened all the time t- today but i it was a, it was an ice storm that night yeah i remember that where i at least where i where, you know where I'm, it's not too far from here yeah. it was an ice storm i had band practice and it was just it took me like a half an hour to drive like five miles it was ridiculous and i got home took a hot shower and said okay i'm gonna eat a salad and enjoy a movie and just relax mm-hmm. right and just let the storm pass and i sat it's the worst thing ever I sat down, freshly showered, had my salad sitting there, mm-hmm. queued the movie up. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is going to be awesome. And literally stuck the fork in the salad and ding, whatever the sound was on my phone at that time. And I looked at my, it was my friend John who said, Lemmy died. And I'm like, and you're <laughs> like fuck you. I, mean, I was cracking like, you're yeah, so full you of shit. Yeah, just ruined my damn salad. But yeah. It don't take a whole lot of work to investigate nowadays to verify either. Right. And I looked and I'm like, oh my God. So I took the salad and covered it up with some cellophane and put it in the fridge. Yeah. Got the bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah. Got the Coca-Cola. Yeah. Got the glass. And, and you had yourself a lemmy. Went to my neighbor's house. Yeah. and said, my, my neighbors are super cool people. They yeah. hang in the garage a lot. But they're not Motorhead fans. I'm like, Hi. They're like, yeah, hey, Scott, what's going on? I'm like, I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to get drunk. And they're like, well, why? I go, well, Lemmy died. They're like, who's Lemmy? I'm like, exactly. I'm going to tell you all about it while I get drunk. And I sat there, and this guy's getting face smashed. Yeah. Because it was Lemmy, and that's like a big one. That was huge for me. That was like Oh, yeah, same here, same here. It still still sucks. I mean, shit, I have a a, a little tiny Lemmy sitting on my desk at home. Yeah. You know, it's... I got a couple of figurines in my office, and every... So much... God, I got so much Motorhead stuff. It's unbelievable. And that, yeah, that was. I think everybody. It's. I mean, I dare I say it like this. I. I but it was kind of like nine eleven. Like, where were you when Lemmy died? Where were you when Lemmy died? And we all have. Like me and my group of yeah. cronies and nerds, yeah. we all have that. Like, where were you when Lemmy I died? Was, I was in my loft in uh, yeah. Eastern Market. Yeah. I was standing behind the bar that I had just built, mm-hmm. and uh, I was listening to my friend Alan's show. And there you go. Immediately, my phone goes up. Why are you lying to me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where were you when Lemmy died? <laughs> yeah. I it's was the worst, man. And yeah. it still sucks. I mean, that's somebody I truly, and I, you know, I got to meet him one time, which was like. Check that one off. That's amazing. See, I never got Three to. Seconds. I mean, at least I got to see Motorhead. Yeah. I, I, I was 18 the first time I saw Motorhead. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to went to OzFest that year in just to see Motorhead. Yeah. Because he had, there was, I was just said, there was, I think there was the first year they had two stages and he headlined, or they, yeah. they headlined the second stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's the, I think everybody has, they, everybody has a Lemmy story, no matter if you yeah. met the guy or not. That guy just, I mean, I, I'm very, very biased here. I know yeah. I'm kind of leaning on the Lemmy thing, but that's just to me. It was horrible, but that's like going back into that thing. Like it's an emotional thing. Yeah. I mean, it changed my whole day, man. Like I was yeah. gonna just sit there and be lame and eat a salad and watch a dumb movie. Yeah. And here I am reaching for the Jack Daniels bottle because that's just what you have to do when something yeah. like that happens. And we and it seems like it's happening. You know, mind you, I mean, these people are they're old. Yeah. And they beat themselves up. They spent their lives, you know, kind of as a profession, drinking and partying. <laughs> this is what they did for a living. Um, and it's kind of rearing its ugly head now, so we're seeing a lot more people. So I think in the next couple of years, the, the waters are going to be kind of rough. Well, we're going to see more people and, just passing away, man. It sucks. And, you know, you have the people that, that, that like that 
say, oh, there's this conspiracy. You know, I, 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 I laugh about conspiracy theories. I don't know how you feel about them. But uh, no, you don't buy no, I laugh about the majority of them, too. Yeah, I'm, good. All right, no, good. We're on the same page. Yeah. All right, so and they, they're like, all these celebrities are dying because, you know, they'll, they'll, you'll hear, like, Illuminati bullshit. No, these people are, are old. They're old. And they've lived hard, and they've lived fast. Yeah. You know, Lemmy did not fuck around. Lemmy he, made it to 70, man. Like, how? That's the thing. That's a good question. How? Who were, I, were we talking about this outside after the show last week? I think so. I think we were talking. I read an interview with, like, one of the guys that was sitting with Lemmy right before, like, right when he was dying. Like, yeah. when he was dying. And this haunts me still. Um, the guy basically said, he's like, Lemmy was dying in front of me. Yeah. He was just passing away. He was just on his way yeah. going down. And he still was sitting there tapping his head. Yeah. Or nodding his head. He still had a, pardon my French, he still had a fucking beat in his head. Well, yeah. He that still was... had something happening up there because that's guys, that's all he did was just play, that's just rock and roll. That's what he did. Yeah. That's all he did, man. And like, wow. he was one of the few bass players that was just like straight up playing chords. He wasn't just like, you know, playing a bass line. So he unique. was, no one, he no, was. No. And there you had are, John and Twistle, you know, who yeah. was, you know, very unique. But you had Lemmy, who was his own thing. But yeah, and there aren't too many, like, bass players that can play like that and sing at the same time. Yeah, you know, it, it just he, he was, taught us all how to play bass. Yeah, well, none of us. No, I, like I said, I mean, I said that last week. I, you know, I the first thing I did when I when I started playing bass was I want to sound distorted and gr- and gnarly and gravelly like Lemmy. Right, and I want to take the microphone. And turn it and put it up high and turn it down. I mean, that look, the whole thing just. Yeah. Lenny's well, thing was incredible. Dude. First, oh, when you first discovered Motorhead, where, how did you discover Motorhead? Uh, I think I saw the Ace of Spades video on Headbangers Ball. Like in fucking like I remember. I remember that. that. It was the it was a, a the young ones. Well, there was there was that too. Yeah, yeah that's where that how I cool. that's how I just yeah. I discovered them off of young. But there young was ones. they they did a series of they, like Motorhead had a whole bunch of videos on Headbangers Ball when we were kids. Yeah, and yeah. they had the one just the live video, you know, with yeah. the classic lineup of Motorhead. And I remember just seeing what at the time looked like an old man's then Lemmy, you know, because he had the mutton chops and yeah, they, you know, the bullet belts, just that whole look, and just him looking up like, to the sky. Singing, you know, there was a reason they, he said it opened his throat up and made it easier for him to sing and stuff like that. Um, but that whole thing just blew my mind. And yeah, it had to have been like 86, yeah. 70, somewhere around there. Um, and I never looked back. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the greatest dude ever. You know? Oh, absolutely. God, man. Now, had you, have you ever heard the, his, his acoustic version of Ace of Spades? Oh, God, yeah. That that Didn't they use it for a commercial or something. It was a, it was for some like European beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it was cool. Yeah, oh yeah, it was it was perfect. Yeah, and it's it's just Lemmy with a harmonica and um, he could really sing. I don't, man. Oh yeah, he had a really like, beautiful voice. Who was who was playing guitar with him at the time um, on that one? I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. You mean you mean for the acoustic thing? Yeah, was Phil Campbell was just was it next was it Phil Campbell? Yeah, I've seen that video a couple times because I know I know Lemmy's kid has been you know has sometimes yeah, Paul played Ender. Him. Yeah, yeah, I, like I couldn't remember if it was Phil or, or Paul. Yeah, uh, we just lost Fast Eddie Clark not too long ago. Also. Oh, I know. I mean the the classic era like the classic lineup of Motorhead is gone. Yeah, it really is. It's it's it. They're gone. They're 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 passed away now. They've all moved on, and that's to me. What else is there? You know, what else is there to do? <laughs> There's well, well, a lot of imitators. It's fun to see that. Well, heaven has rock and roll, man. What's that? Heaven has rock and roll. <laughs> you know, and there's still a lot of people out there. Yeah. Uh, but that's just that goes back to this yeah. point we we're making. Like, you know, that's such. 
you lose someone, that's like losing someone, you, you know, that's like losing a family member. I mean, it's, I know it's cliche yeah. to say that too, but there's no other way to say it. Like, you've been with this person. Lemmy's been with me for over 30 years, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. I mean, that's like, a, that's like a family member. I spent more time with Lemmy than I have family, honestly. Um, so why not respond that way? Right. And, you know, there are so many people that will talk trash about somebody being, like, getting so, yeah. you know, upset about someone passing away. You know, like, oh, it's a celebrity. You know, people die every day. You know, it's like, well, you know what? Not everybody is, has been impacted yeah. by whoever, you know. But like people got upset about when when Bowie passed away. There's so many people that were affected by Bowie, you know. Um, I mean, sure, I'm pre I'm pretty sure Peter Murphy killed him because that's that's that's, <laughs> that's uh, David Bowie's uh, uh, evil vocal twin, yeah. Peter Murphy of uh, of uh, uh, Bauhaus. Mm -hmm. What what's up, Tony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Oh, that was sucky. Yeah, yeah, that was sucky. It... Yeah. Oh yeah, we all were like, yeah, yeah, and then you know, and especially like how the how that I mean, it was a bus, right? Yeah, it was a bus crash. Yeah, bus crash, and you know, Denmark. It was in Denmark. Yeah, but but you know the, those guys were so shitty to to Jason Newstead about oh, that's like a whole how show. you're not Cliff Burton, oh, and it's dude. like, well, dude, I you know he 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 knows he's not Cliff Burton, you know. But if it was me, yeah, fine, I'll take the shit, man, just a paycheck, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's like, dude, I know I'm not Cliff Burton. I'm yeah, sorry, I'm not I'm Cliff not Burton. Cliff, but no one's fuck gonna be Cliff yeah. Burton, but you know I'm playing a Metallica. That's pretty awesome. You know that was a bad one. You know one of the saddest ones, like from you know from I mean this is before I was even probably. I don't know, I don't know the dates, but Janis Joplin was one of those ones. I've I've grown to adore Janis Joplin. Anything yeah. she's ever done, and her story is so sad. You know, she was such a such a troubled person, and she had, she was always fighting with drug abuse, yeah. alcohol abuse, uh, and she just it was very sad how she went. And she wrote such beautiful music. Yeah. you know, you're saying this idea where people, um, some well, you know, if you don't, if you're not a fan of the person, I understand that. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'll say right now, I was never a huge David Bowie fan. You mentioned David Bowie, yeah. right? Uh, however, when he went, I mean, the gravity of that still hit me because I'm like, oh, my God, there's a, this guy, a, the impact this guy had. Right. Holy crap, man. Right. So he, it should affect you, I think. Right. And, you know, there's there's going to be, you know, a, a, a shit ton of more, you know, deaths. Like, and, yeah, it sucks, you know, man. and it's, be, what's up, Kelsey? I cried when Chester Bennington died. Yeah, actually, and Paul Walker, well, he and was, he's not even in music, but just being a part of the. But they movies. had an effect. They had an emotional effect. I saw that T-shirt earlier. I noticed that. Mm -hmm. You know, these are people. Yeah, and I mean, we've tried Again, to keep just because you don't actually. I mean, you've actually met these rock stars that wow. you know. You, you couple know, China. Yeah. Couple I haven't even met some of these people that I've. I followed Linkin Park since I was a little kid, mm -hmm, yeah, and when I yeah. heard that news, I was like, "There's no, there's no way." I googled it, found out he was dead. Yeah, popped a beer. Started drinking. There you go. Yeah. I mean, not a big fan either, but I, again, it's, it's it's the same situation where I understand, and I know you do too, Ben, the gravity of that. Yeah. Like, no, okay, yeah. there's millions and millions and millions of people that adore this man's music. Right. And I, you know, Chester Bennington was one hell of a singer too. God, yeah. That guy could sing. Did, he could, you, man, did you ever he hear him, him cover Adele? No. He no. did, um, oh, what what was that? What was the Adele song? It was uh, for the second album, the one that really hit. Um, 
Ben, was it Rolling in the Deep? Rolling in the Deep, yeah. He covered Rolling in the Deep. It was an acoustic version. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, like, nobody can cover Adele and come close to Adele because the, that woman can sing. Yeah. And, and and she can write write a I I I I've been done wrong you know album yeah you know, but uh, there's so much you know and we yeah. I think we've only really scratched the surface yeah. here like on I was just thinking as you're talking there's another band that like in the last five years that yeah. I just like freaked out listening to and it's a band called Off with their Off with their heads uh, yeah. punk band yeah epitaph band and yeah. that guy can just he he just cranks out fast punk yeah. rock and mid tempo stuff. But it makes you cry. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's just, I could go on for days about bands like that. We've only scratched the surface here. Yeah, we'll have to pick this up on another oh, day. We should. We should. Yeah. yeah it's such a fun, it's such a great time. Thanks for having me out absolutely. again. Absolutely. So You're cool. welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thanks. All right. I'd like to thank uh, Scott Lambert for being on the show and talking about all this deep emotional music. <laughs> thank you to Tony for sitting there in the phones and for Kelsey. For doing the video and Drew back there just floor directing. We're gonna go out with uh, a local band, probably doing one of the best covers of Ace of Spades. This is Twist and Tarantulas, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. right here in the Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. See you on Thursday. <laughs>